0: Hello, everyone. Welcome, uh, welcome to Capes and Japes. I'm pretty sleepy today, so I don't know what the energy is going to be like,
1: uh, but that's okay. I am full of craft energy. (laughs) Not, not the brand of cheese. The, the activity. (laughs) I'm full of craft macaroni and cheese.
0: And also the activity crafting.
1: I kind of wish that I was full of craft mac- uh, macaroni and cheese. No, I am. I am full of microwavable Madras lentils and white rice. Oh, that sounds pretty good, though. It is. It's, it's very good. Um, yeah. I was very hungry, so I usually, you know, eat half of it. <laughs> I ate the whole thing. Wow, that's what I get for not eating lunch until two p.m. <laughs> you become a hungry lad. Yeah, because of the aforementioned crafting. <laughs> of course. Even though I feel like I got nothing done.
0: <laughs> Ain't that always the way. Ugh. Oh. Anyways. Comics. Hello.
1: <laughs> Comic
0: books. We love them. Except for sometimes we don't love them so much. Um, We, I wanted to talk about, um... I think, uh, the finale of the, uh, HBO Peacemaker show aired last week, and I was like, we should probably talk about, uh, Peacemaker, while the, the SEO's still good on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and also because it's-
1: I know nothing about the man or the show, except that John Cena was apparently like, yeah, no, he's bi, right?
0: Yeah, John Cena did make him buy, and, um, we do have no choice but to stand. Um, I also knew pretty much nothing about Peacemaker, um, prior to, uh, researching this, and wow, uh, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> um, I have not watched the show yet. I wasn't initially interested in it, and then I watched the theme song, like, I've probably watched it, like, 20 or 30 times at this point, so I'm like, I guess I have to watch it, if only so I can see the theme song some more, but in context this time.
1: I haven't even seen the theme song, I've just seen some gifts, and I'm like, based on these gifts, sounds like a pretty good show. Seems, seems like a pretty good show, about a, um, pretty
0: wild character. Um, so, okay. Um, there have been a few different peacemakers. Um, the primary one, and the one we're going to be mostly talking about, um, is named, uh, Christopher Smith. Um, and he was initially a, uh, character in Charlton Comics. Uh, which was a comic book publisher that got acquired by DC, I think, in the 80s. Um, So he was not initially a DC character, but got sort of folded in to the DC universe. Um, His first appearance uh, was in a comic called uh, The Fightin' Five, which was about, like, a paramilitary team. So, like, not a superhero team, but a bunch of soldiers with, uh, gimmicks. He was not one of the main... He was not one of the titular Fightin' fightin' Five, but he was a recurring character who, uh was, like, a... He had a backup series, uh, starting in 1966, and then he got his own series, uh, which lasted a couple issues, and then that was sort of it until, uh, Charlton got acquired by DC, and they, uh, did, um, some more... They did some more. They they did they did some more. Uh, initially, uh, Peacemaker's sort of deal <laughs> was that he was a pacifist. Um, he loved peace, and he loved peace so much <laughs> that he was willing to do violence to get peace, um, which was, I, mean, I
1: think go for it. (laughs) It was like the
0: tagline I think of his like original like sort of solo series is like he wants peace so much he's willing to fight for it. Um and I presumably this was I think the original comics were like somewhat aware of the sort of irony of this. It was not to the level that DC is about to go to, um, which we'll talk about, but it, I, I believe it was supposed to be read as, like, okay, this guy's, this guy's a little bit weird. His whole thing doesn't quite make sense, but he was, uh, like the rest of the fight and Five, he did not have any, uh, superpowers, Uh, he was just, you know, a skilled combatant, um, he had a lot of various weapons, and he, uh, fought, you know, various, uh, mostly kind of dictators or, like, you know, evil military leaders, like, warlords, like, that sort of stuff, not, like, supervillain stuff, um, After the character, uh, got acquired by DC, this, um, this was the, the 80s, this was the, the mid to late 80s, so I think they bought Charlton in, like, 1986, uh, which was shortly before, um, the, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths happened, so... Post Crisis, or, um, no, Crisis was 1985. It was just at the same time, about the same time as Crisis, basically. So after this, DC, uh, put out a, like, four issue, like, Peacemaker miniseries, uh, in 1988, um, where they <laughs> reestablished, uh, his backstory um, to sort of, you know, place him within DC canon, and also it's post-crisis and everyone needs new backstories anyways. Um, and it's all, <laughs> it's also the late 80s, um, which is a a time for comics, um, sort of, you know, peak, like, very specific kind of, you know, hyper macho edginess is really peaking right here. <laughs> uh, so the, the new backstory they give Peacemaker, um, I guess, uh, probably should have said this at the top of the episode, uh, d- warning for discussion of Nazis and also mental illness. <laughs> um, okay, I
1: hate where this is going look it's it's suddenly i have
0: i i I have a sinking feeling about um (laughs) the peacemaker (laughs) um so the the new backstory is that uh his father was a nazi officer um and he christopher didn't know this growing up he uh Finds it out at a very young age, um, when his, uh, father's, like, uh, you know, he, his, his father's past is brought to light and his father, uh, <laughs> commits suicide as a result. And, uh, Christopher is extremely traumatized by learning this, um, as well as by, his father's suicide, um, and starts, um, from a pretty young age, um, starts hallucinating, uh, seeing his dad's ghost talking to him at various points, uh, throughout his life. Mostly, uh, kind of, you know, telling him to, do better and, and push himself and that sort of thing, um, he, uh, enlists in the army, uh, he fights in the Vietnam War, he, uh, is accidentally responsible, um, for killing, like, several innocent people due to a, um, like, some bad intel, basically, Uh, and gets framed for being responsible for the whole thing, um, and arrested. And after he, while he's in prison, um, the government says that he can be given parole if he joins Project Peacemaker, which is a secret, uh, paramilitary anti-terrorism group. Don't like where that's going <laughs> it honestly doesn't actually go that bad um because he uh the program ends up getting shut down, but he's still kind of uh paroled for agreeing to it and uh he takes over his father's uh like w- <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry,
0: Briar just sent me a diagram of Peacemaker. I didn't know you were looking at Discord.
1: I'm so sorry. no, it's okay i should
0: I should keep the just the video call screen open i i I went back to the messages for a second, which was foolish of me um <laughs> he um he takes over his father's business, which was, like, a weapons manufacturing business, and, uh, starts making, like, household goods and appliances. Um, real Seto Kaiba energy, (laughs) honestly. Um, he should have just made fun card games for children. Um, he, uh, makes a bunch of money. He, um founds a charity uh intended to help war victims um things seem to be going pretty good for this uh extremely traumatized man who keeps hallucinating his father's ghost except for the fact that in addition to this charity he goes like okay so the the public way i'm going to uh to help achieve peace is with this charity. And then, secretly, I'm also going to become a vigilante who kills people in order to achieve peace. Um, He's still, um, still seeing his father's ghost, who is, like, keeps basically encouraging him to adopt increasingly violent methods. Um, and he also... he convinces himself that his, um, his helmet, his, uh, iconic but very silly-looking helmet, um, contains, um, the souls of all the people that he wasn't able to save, um, and they speak to him through his, uh, helmet. Um. Okay. So, he uh, is not doing great at all. Um, this kind of solo, like, mini series, um, sort of establishing this new backstory is, is kind of the most, uh, that gets seen of him for a while. He's, uh, briefly, um, like, I think kind of right after this is published, he, uh, is recruited into, uh, Checkmate, um, which is DC's kind of, uh, like, top secret, like, government operative thing, um, that a a lot of people have secretly been a part of at some point, and they all have, like, chess code names, which makes it seem like the Hellfire Club, but it's not the Hellfire Club, but it is kind of, like, somewhat equivalent to the Hellfire Club. Um, he also, uh, works for a different secret government organization, which is just called The Agency. Um, this is, he really, (laughs) he really does his best work with secret government organizations. Um, he, is recruited by Amanda Waller, um, to help fight Eclipso, um, he, uh, does, uh, he gets therapy for a little bit while he's on one of these secret government teams. It doesn't well, that's seem to- good. It's good. It, it doesn't seem to really help very much because truly every team he's on Everyone else on the team is always like, I'm very uncomfortable working with Peacemaker. Um, it's, um, he is a very challenging person to deal with. Even for, uh, many of these people in these secret government teams who are all generally kind of challenging people to work with. This, uh, the team that's, um, sent to fight Eclipso, uh, is seemingly, uh, all killed in this fight. There, I feel like there was somebody else we talked about recently who might have been part of this, but it also might have just been someone else who died fighting Eclipso. (laughs) In an unrelated situation, because, like, these guys have to fight Eclipso a lot. Um, that's freaking, the freaking Eclipso just keeps, uh, keeps showing up. Just keeps coming back. No matter, no matter what we try, he's just popping up like daisies. Um, he, uh, shows up as, like, a, a ghost briefly at one point. Um, in just sort of a kind of we get a we get a bunch of dead characters as ghosts altogether, uh, deal. But that's um that's the, the last we we see of him for a while is when he's seemingly cannon foddered fighting Eclipso.
1: I think I remember that happening. <laughs> I think I read that crossover. Well wasn't. <laughs> Unless I'm remembering a different time when a bunch of villains were sent to fight Eclipso. <laughs> like, it's entirely possible,
0: is what I'm saying. It, like, I would absolutely not be surprised if there were multiple occasions where Amanda Waller was like, I'm gonna, gonna get a bunch of guys to fight Eclipso. Oh no, all my guys got killed fighting Eclipso.
1: Was it one of the Flash villains? Maybe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I am gonna look it up, but it doesn't matter. We don't need to spend any time on this.
0: Yes, thank you. Anyways, yes. the The point is, dies fighting Eclipso, it, it seemingly dies. Like spoilers, he comes back later, but he like he does die, and it's never really explained why he's back. Um, there is a very very briefly um a, uh, appearance by a different peacemaker in Justice League International on a, like, uh, team of villains who has a look that's vaguely inspired by the, uh, Christopher Smith peacemaker, but, uh, kind of more intense and, like, Terminator-y, um... We never get an explanation to what this guy's deal is or, like, why, like, is he, like, a Peacemaker fan? Is he, like, government-assigned Peacemaker? (laughs) Um, it's, it's not explained, and he, uh, only shows up once. There's also a, um, in the late 90s, Um, there is another, uh, peacemaker named Mitchell Black, who is a doctor, um, who loses his license due to, um, like, doing an experimental surgery that leads to someone's death. Um, and then for some reason, he gets recruited by... The Peacemaker Project, which is not the same thing as Project Peacemaker, um, and they're like, hey, do you want to, uh, you know, be given a bunch of armor and weapons and go, you know, fight, like, evildoers and, and despots and stuff? Um, and he's like, yeah, sure. I'm a doctor. That makes sense. I don't know if that's what he says. I, 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 for some reason, this, this just happens. I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know why, maybe, maybe it mentioned somewhere they're like, oh, he was an army medic, so he does have some military experience, but I could not find whether that was the case. So it just sounds like they kind of found a doctor and gave him a gun <laughs> which seems like a bad way to run your paramilitary group
1: um he didn't take the hippocratic oath he actually took the Hippocratic oath oh um, and he I he see. does do he does do harm actually
0: <laughs> first do harm i mean it is like it is cool to be A doctor with a gun, and you can do like jokes like pharmacy. Like, that's a fun one. Um, we made that joke when we talked about elixir, I think, but it is a fun joke. Um, he also ends up joining a group called, uh, the LAW, which stands for Living Assault Weapons. Which, again, he, this, this is just a man who you presumably gave assault weapons like living assault weapons makes it sound like there's something like inherent about them as people like you know that that makes them dangerous a man with an assault weapon is not a living assault weapon it's it's just it's just a man with an assault weapon um but maybe they just wanted to team with the initials law and they didn't really care um how it happened?
1: I feel like I feel like it was that one. Also, uh, yeah. I, I did I did look it up. Um, I was remembering a different Eclipso thing, but cool. the character that we somewhat recently talked about was Mark Shaw, Manhunter.
0: Oh, okay, that makes sense. Sorry, sorry, one of the seven Manhunters for forgetting that you died fighting Eclipso. Rip.
1: I don't, the thing, I, I think it was also, like, a helicopter crashed. <laughs> oh, this was, this was the one, this was the one where they're like, Mark Shaw died, except it was a ringer, and Mark Shaw is still alive. Okay,
0: alright, thank you, thanks. Okay, at least Mark Shaw has an explanation for coming back to life, even though it's dumb. Peacemaker also
1: apparently died during that. We should talk about. Let's just talk about all the people who died in this helicopter (laughs) crash. Let's have an in memoriam for all of these
0: (laughs) randos who died in this tragic helicopter crash. Um, I mean, I
1: am very sad that Beth Chapel was in there. No.
0: Um. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, (laughs) thank you for looking that up because honestly, it, it. it's not important, but it would have also bothered me until I remembered. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> no, that, that is, I am the same way. And I'm like, well, Olivia has to carry the episode upon her back, and I'm just <laughs> the funny haha guy. So I can look this up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you for your service. Um, so this, um, the LAW team, uh, consisted of, like, former Charlton Comics characters, even though many of them had, like, received, like, the mantle had been passed down to somebody else since they'd been acquired from Charlton Comics, like with Peacemaker. Um, but, uh, Blue Beetle's there, The Question is there, uh, Judo Master is there, who I think is also in the Peacemaker show, um, and, uh, it was, like, a six-issue, uh, miniseries that took place, like, responding to the JLA disappearing under mysterious circumstances, uh, and they founded this group, The Law, to try and figure out what happened. Um, this very eclectic mix of people that don't really have anything in common besides being from the same comic book company um that's sort of all of the relevant stuff uh that the Mitchell Black Peacemaker does um he this is it's like late 90s very early 2000s and then in the mid 2000s Um, he is killed, uh, during Infinite Crisis, uh, by Prometheus. Sorry. Sorry, Peacemaker 3. RIP. RIP. After this, um, in the, uh, like, post-Infinite Crisis, like, mid-late 2000s, in the Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle series, um, Peacemaker shows up, <laughs> and it's unclear at first whether this is supposed to be, um, the Mitchell Black Peacemaker or the Christopher Smith Peacemaker, uh, both of whom are dead, so it's equally unlikely <laughs> that it would be either of them, um,
1: they're just like, but... it's a Peacemaker. <laughs>
0: It's, it's one of them. Um, he's shown using, like, the Mitchell Black name at one point, and then it's revealed that that's not actually his real name, and he's actually Christopher Smith. Although I think it's just sort of, like, implied that he's Christopher Smith, and then, like, Keith Giffen had to be like, no, he was definitely, he was Christopher Smith, original Peacemaker. And, uh, still, uh... Still unsure how he came back to life, but, um, at some point, he, uh, encountered, um, some, like, of the same alien scarab technology that, uh, Jaime uses,
1: and
0: he makes some kind of connection with it that, like, instructs him to go look for Jaime which he does, um, he, uh, finds him, is at first, like, trying to figure out if he's a threat, and then ends up, like, befriending him and, like, helping him, (laughs) and he, uh, the Reach, the aliens, the Reach, uh, end up secretly, like, implanting him with a scarab to, like, try and, uh, basically make him fight Jaime if Jaime, uh, continues, uh, doing his own thing, and he ends up attacking him, um, and then Jaime is able to, like, communicate with Peacemaker Scarab and, like, help Peacemaker, like, confront his, his fears and his inner turmoil, um, and then he just, like, sticks around for a little while and like kind of like mentors him um which a part of me is like put Jaime in the Peacemaker show and then I'm like if anything bad happens to Jaime in the Peacemaker show I'm gonna flip out (laughs) um if he if he is in it don't tell me because I probably will watch it but if he's in it and something really bad happens to him, do tell me so I can be prepared. <laughs> um but uh honestly, like good for him. You know, once again, my my boy our boy Jaime, our our sweet perfect boy coming in clutch by giving an extremely, extremely troubled character. Just a sense of, of purpose and a chance to do a nice thing for an extremely nice teen. God, I love Jaime. Any, any episode where Jaime is even mentioned, I have to like just detour and be like, God, I love him so much.
1: <laughs> Perfect God, We covered boy. Jaime so long ago.
0: So long ago. Still one of my favorite episodes that we've done. Um, because we got so verklempt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a good kid. He's
0: just a good boy. He's a good lad. He was fucking psychically bonded to an alien beetle. And he's teaching the alien beetle about friendship. <laughs> he's good. Um, since the blue beetle... Uh, stuff. Peacemaker has shown up briefly in Final Crisis, um, and then apparently in like the Infinite Frontier, uh, version of Suicide Squad, um, which like presumably was you know sort of leading up to him being in James Gunn's. The Suicide Squad. Um, I think they, I think they, like, retool his backstory again. Oh, he's also, like, briefly in Doomsday Clock, which is kind of wild. Um, they, uh, at some point, I think, give him a new backstory where they take out, uh, the dad stuff. Um.
1: (laughs) Good, Thanks. Thanks.
0: Um, and they're like, oh, he was a, uh, you know, like, a government diplomat, but he, you know, realized that the system was flawed, and he needed to take things into his own hands, and he became a vigilante with many, many, many guns. And then I think in, like, one recent story, um, they're like, oh, he was, uh, like, fought in, like, the, the Dominator invasion, um, and he ended up getting, like, really fucked up, and, uh, that's why he's so unhinged now, <laughs> um, but on, honestly, honestly, I, I think, I think he should just go hang out with Jaime again, I think that would
1: help. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think every character should hang out with Jaime Reyes and just have a nice day. <laughs> um, yeah, and now, um, now he has a, uh, he's in The Suicide Squad. Um, capital T, The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, and he has a show on HBO. Uh, and John Cena made him bisexual,
1: which genuinely deeply rules. Like, on, um, just, good, c- c- thank you. Thank you, John Cena.
0: Thank you, you know, I, I probably haven't said it enough in my life, but thank you, Mr. John Cena. Um, John Cena is, uh, he's from, uh, the area where, um, uh, I grew up, and my, like, on one of my very few, like, celebrity claims to fame, it didn't even happen to me, but, like, one year, like, around Thanksgiving, uh, my dad was at a, uh, Cappy's Liquors, and he saw John Cena in the parking lot.
1: (laughs) Just, just buying- But that's, that's impossible. You can't see John Cena.
0: (laughs) It's his one thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, that was a really funny John Cena joke.
1: <laughs> I, I'm just glad that I can use my one piece of knowledge about John Cena's wrestling career.
0: My one piece of John Cena lore. I know that you can't see him, and I know he, he the hands thing. Um, and I know that Griffin based a Birdman on him in that one Taz episode. <laughs>
1: I do love Jeff Angel. I do
0: love Jeff Angel. Jeff Angel calls his dad every day. <laughs> um. Anyways, that's a um a, a brief and and somewhat troubling history of Peacemaker. <laughs> um. Was there? Uh. Did you have anything to add? Bring up?
1: Discuss? I feel like I should watch the Peacemaker show because. I trust Ngozi Yikazu, and she rated it pretty high. I <laughs> so it's apparently, it's apparently fun. That's what I, like,
0: I was not, I thought it was gonna be, like, I thought it might be good, but, like, not my thing. And then, again, I watched the theme song, like, 20 or 30 times, and I'm like, I'm more obsessed with this than I've ever been with anything, so maybe Peacemaker is exactly my thing. Um, genuinely, also, you, Briar, and also anyone who's listening, um, just go and look up the Peacemaker opening on YouTube. Um, you don't, like, I'm not saying look it up and then watch the show, even if you have no interest in it, I think you should watch it, because (laughs) it I can't stop thinking about it. Um, oh my god. Anyways, maybe we'll both watch Peacemaker and then we can do like a bonus episode about the show or something.
1: Ooh, maybe. Uh, but yeah, other than that, the only comic that I read was, um, the, the Kickstarter exclusive joke stretch goal for vampire blood drive omnibus uh (laughs) hampire blood drive (laughs) (laughs) yes which is is a 10 page comic about um one of the characters as the other character's hamster (laughs) of course it's fun and it's beautiful, and I love Mira Angchaw and her commitment to the bit. <laughs> also, pro tip for anybody who ever runs a crowdfunding campaign: don't make stretch goals that are a joke. People will hit them. Actually,
0: <laughs> I feel like if anything, we as a society should have learned that by now. If you if you do something as a bit. People will still buy into it.
1: People will make you do it, actually. Yes. What if all of our vampires were hamsters? (laughs) (laughs) Haha, that'll that'll never happen. Well, well, we won't hit this goal. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) cracks their knuckles. You sure about that?
0: Oh, watch out. If Um. I give
1: you money and now you have to draw it. (laughs) Um, God. Uh,
0: I did, uh, I did read some comics. Um, I bought a bunch of comics, uh, and I've read some of what I bought. <laughs> um, I read the, uh, the new issue of Nightwing, um, which is the first part of like a two-part crossover um, between Nightwing and, uh, Superman, uh, son of kal uh, both of whom, which are currently being written by Tom Taylor, um, and...
1: Tom and Taylor's just like, what if I take my two sons and make them hang out? <laughs> my two handsome boys,
0: my beautiful boys, um, Tom Taylor, um, is, is, like, really truly out here. Um, sorry if I'm making some ASMR. Um, (laughs) Tom Taylor is really out here. Just like, I think that Dick Grayson should simply have, uh, like, tender and meaningful interactions with every other character in his life. And I'm writing Nightwing now, so I can just do that. And then he does.
1: Um, I support it. I support, I support, it, support it. It's
0: really, actually, truly all I want from a Nightwing comic, uh, and I'm
1: glad he understands that. Um, I need to start picking up the Nightwing traits.
0: God, they're really good. They're really, really good. He has a he has a he has a three-legged dog, and his wallet gets
1: stolen, and Babs is there, and um, just. Chirps him endlessly about his wallet getting stolen. (laughs) As she should. As she should. Babs is
0: there and is like basically Oracle. Like Babs and their relationship reads like very, very much like it did in like the kind of 2000s era of like Nightwing Oracle. Um, and she's basically, like, functioning like Oracle in every way except for being in a wheelchair. Um, and I'm like, can we just, like, I don't want to, I feel bad being, like, put her in a wheelchair again. But
1: it's like, why did, why did we do this? She could have just been in a wheelchair the whole time. Why did you, like, magically take it away? Like, oh, we don't want her to be in a wheelchair. Like she was great.
0: <laughs> she was great. She was perfect. Um we love her. We love in this house. We love her. Anyways, the um Nightwing Superman issue is so so good. I think probably a lot of people saw they posted um a several page uh preview of it. Um that was like a flashback. To, uh, John running away from home because he got freaked out by his powers. And, um, Dick and Bruce, uh, helping Clark to track him down. Um, and (laughs) Dick being very like, Bruce, it's a kid.
1: Stop being weird and Batman at him. (laughs) Like, Um, he's not, he's not one of your villains that you have to intimidate. He's a scared child. (laughs)
0: It's, it's, yeah, and just, like, very, very cute, just, like, Dick, like, bonding with John and being really sweet, uh, and then- Hey,
1: I work with your dad. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and then in the present day, John's robot, uh, coming to find Dick because John is going through it, and he's like, uh, yeah, his his dad said if he needed help to come get you, Which is...
1: Oh, no. I know, right?
0: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Anyways, go read it. (laughs) Go read it and make sad noises.
1: Oh, no. I'm so
0: emo about it.
1: I gotta get myself to the comic book shop. I gotta see my beautiful boys. Um,
0: I also um, I w- I didn't realize this was all already coming out. I picked up the first two issues of uh Batman the Night, which is the uh Chip Zdarsky written Batman.
1: I picked up limited the se- first issue of it i haven't read it yet but i picked it up yes as um, is my way
0: <laughs> as as is my want um it's a limited series i think there's uh 10 issues and it focuses on a uh, pre pre-batman post parents murder bruce Um, like, you know, like, 20, I think, like, early 20s Bruce, probably, uh, teaching himself to be Batman. Um, I, I think it's cool. There's one, um, the second issue did have a woman in her underwear being threatened by a bad guy, which is very, like,
1: come Mm. on.
0: Um, but... Come on, Chip. Come on, Chip. Um, that being said, um, what if it were Bruce Wayne in his underwear
1: being threatened by a man?
0: Think about that one. Um, like I think like it's like he's he's clearly sort of using it as a chance to be like, oh, uh, uh, you know, a Batman story where he does not in
1: fact have all his shit together and uh wait 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 you mean to tell me in other batman stories he has his shit together
0: <laughs> no he's always in ba- but the batman story where you're not concerned with portraying him as like cool and intimidating the, the,
1: the greatest detective yeah um
0: I think his characterization of Bruce is very interesting. Um, I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I am very compelled by it. Like, I don't, I don't think it's bad. I, I, I do, I do like it. Um, but it's, it's very, he (laughs) does not shy away from being like, this is a complicated person who has made some big mistakes. Um, Look at this mess of a man. Look at this disaster of a young man. And also, does, like, talk about how rich he is and, like, doesn't, like, you know, shy away from, like... Like, that's relevant. And in a lot of ways, you do have to grapple with it in a Batman story but is grappling it with it in a way that's not just, like, the kind of, like, entry-level, like, uh, why doesn't Batman use his money to stop the crime? Um, which I think, I think a lot of people know at this point is, like, a, a personal, like, sticking point for me, and I feel bad for it because it's, like, uh, there's a lot of people who haven't read Batman and are just familiar with sort of the cultural perception of Batman. But it's like he he, do- he does he does he does do that. He does he, he does he does use his money. money actually. He does use his money, it's, and he also dresses as a bat. And we can talk there's a, there's about there's a
1: whole there's a whole foundation named after his mother, um, who also <laughs> used her money to help. Um, also, yes. he like hires people at Wayne Enterprises all the time.
0: Yes. And it's like, it's so like, I know people's hearts are in the right place. And I know I'm just saying this as a person who loves Batman and is defensive of him. But I'm also kind of like, I, I know, I know comics can be behind the times. But do you really think in 80 years, nobody at any point was like, hey, what if Batman used his money to help prevent crime? He does. He does do that. Um
1: so he just also, you know, dresses up as a bat and like Yeah. And if, if punches the Joker in the face. Yeah. It's god. Um but this like Bruce Wayne has two hands. One can punch the Joker while the other writes a check. Exactly. Exactly. Um but this does
0: Talk about it and, like, talk about Bruce and privilege without being too kind of surface level about it, which is neat. Um, I would like, uh, to keep reading it is my hot take. Um, but please, if, if there's any more women in their underwear going like, oh no, a man pointing a gun at me, I'm, I'm gonna be cross. We're, we're, we're already, gonna have a, we're you're gonna have, to
1: have a talk.
0: You're on, you're on pin ice, Chip. chip (laughs) Chipathy. Um, but yeah, those are my, uh, my comics takes for the day. Oh, also, um, Tom King announced his next, um, DC, like, 12-issue series that he's doing with, uh, Jorge Fornes, which, uh, is about a bunch of c-listers who try and uh prove they can join the justice league by summoning Darkseid and fighting Darkseid
1: and then it doesn't go well um hmm. Hmm. what if tom king wrote a 12 issue miniseries about a bunch of c-listers uh summoning dark side to prove that they are worth the justice league and it actually goes well
0: It actually goes great. It's actually... (laughs) Issue one is they beat Darkseid, (laughs) and then the other 11 issues are the Justice League going like, wow, guys, great job.
1: Yeah, uh, the last issue... The last five issues are just like the celebration party that the Justice League throws to welcome their new members. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the last issue gets a little bit weird because... Um, all of the people who can get intoxicated do. And then Bruce Wayne is there just, like, trying to herd his co-workers around. Like, come on, you guys. (laughs) I thought I was done with this once the boys, you know, moved out. I don't... Come on. Don't make me get Alfred up here. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You guys. You
0: guys. Um, anyways, uh... It's called Danger Street. It apparently is incorporating some sort of like fairy tale elements. Um, it's got, uh, Dr. Fate is there, the creeper is there. <laughs> um, like, uh, Metamorpho and, uh, Starman and, uh, some other people. Um, and, Warlord. I've <laughs> yeah, you know, just, The whole, the whole gang, all the guys that you don't know, probably don't care about very much, but probably Tom King is going to make them all really emo and then you will care. That's what happens to me every time. So, um, I, I am, I am very intrigued by this. All of the, the sort of early, you know, marketing stuff does look very cool. So, yes. That is all the comic stuff I wanted to mention. If you want to follow us online, you should. Um, we have uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find all of those at Capes and Japes. Um, we have an email address that's capesandjapes at gmail.com if you want to send us anything. Uh, we have a Discord server um, which you are more than welcome, uh, to join. We talk about comics in there, and we also talk about non-comics in there. Uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff. It's a fun time. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us on there, um, you can get bonus content, watch stuff, help us pick what we talk about. Um, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you want to help out the show, Leaving a rating and a review is a very cool way to do that. Um, telling a friend about the show, if you think they'd be into it. If you have a friend who's watching Peacemaker and is like, what's this guy's deal in the comics? And you want to be like, boy, howdy. There's some stuff to unpack. <laughs> um, you could do that. Um, and just just coming back and joining us. As you have done once again. So thank you for being here today on Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia,
1: I have been Briar, and as always, can we do The Creeper next week?
0: <laughs> as we say every week, and every week I say no, we will not talk about The Creeper.
1: Oh.
0: Just kidding, we totally can.
1: Yay! (laughs) Yay!